We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, along once again with my good friend Dan. Dan, tell me what's going on. Uh, it's game week. That's what's going on. I'm coming in hype right now, dude, because I'm I'm jacked up. <laughs> I'm jacked up to finally play a game because we had this international break, whatever that is. You got you got Johnny Russell trying not to get injured up in Scotland. Oh my god! While everyone else is just taking a break, and we all hold our breath. While Johnny comes in as a substitute, I, I can't even get into that, man. But I, I I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, I'm back in Chicago and uh, ready to talk some soccer with you. Yeah, it's uh it's gonna be a good episode. We obviously, like you mentioned, don't have a game to recap because there was no game. Thank you, international break. Um, but we will preview the Portland game. We'll go over what happened the first couple times that we played them. Uh, talk about some of the differences in this game, answer your questions, and then uh, there might be some changes to the MLS schedule come next year. And uh, oh boy. We'll, we'll talk all about that too. But um, first, want to give a shout out to, uh, to Radkey, the band, yes. because uh, they are gracious enough to let us use uh, their song Cat and Mouse uh, every episode. And uh, they just uh, came out with a new song. So Go uh, check them out on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, you know, whatever yeah, music service you use. Go check them out. I listen to the song. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. They're coming to KC, I think, at the record bar next month. So just, just in a few weeks. Oh, very cool. Might have to go check that out. Um, I've yeah, never actually yeah. been to the record bar. So oh, I don't I know, man. I don't know if you're uh, too uppity for that scene. That might not be you. <laughs> I think I, I might not be cool enough for that scene. Is the is the problem? Um, you're gonna get in there and get hyped, man. You're gonna you're gonna crowd surf like the rebel without a cause that you are. Is that what I have to do in the record bar? I, I got to crowd I, surf. I've never been there either because I'm asleep by nine o'clock, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll uh, I'll go check it out and I'll report back. Um, yeah, let me know, but don't text me till the morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll be sure that I yeah I'll, uh, I'll 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 take my notes and I'll I'll let you know first thing in the morning when you're awake at like five a.m. doing your workout. Fantastic. So, <laughs> um, I think we got a a, a new uh, review this week too, didn't we? Oh, we sure did. Uh, we got one, guys. We're in the quest for 100 ratings. By the way, we are at 82 right now. 
I mean, so that's, I mean, getting us to hundred should be no freaking problem. Uh, but that that's 18 away, Jimmy. That's, that's math. That's what that is. That's hashtag but math. This review is PJ from KC. Um, pajamas. I don't know. Do you know a PJ? Uh, <laughs> I don't know a PJ. I do have Phillip, pajamas. Philip Jackson, probably. Uh, hey, <laughs> but he said, PJ, he said, best SKC podcast. Uh, love the pod and look forward to every new episode. My family and I have been season ticket holders since the Wizards were playing in Arrowhead, and it's absolutely incredible to see the growth SKC have undergone in what is really a short amount of time. Was so excited when I saw the pod drop after beating RSL at home in the playoffs. Watching Shallowy round Ramondo and pull off a Firmino was pure ecstasy. Keep up the great work. Most importantly, bleep Bobby Warshaw. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you have a whole army behind you. Yeah, we don't bleep things on here, all right? Fuck Bobby Warshaw. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, dude, PJ, thanks, man. These reviews, I'm always going to read them. I'm always going to read them. This this podcast isn't for us, man. This is for uh, this is for the people. So get your review in there. We'll read it on the pod and get us to 100. We're doing good things, man. And he's right about the growth of SKC. And it feels really cool to be a part of that and uh, be one of the only SKC podcasts up there. I know there's one or two others. Yeah, it's it's a good time. We uh, we're so appreciative of everybody who's listened along the way, uh, new listeners, old listeners, all of you. Thank you so much. Um, you have you have built a a little army behind you with your Bobby Warshaw take, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's it's got... pretty it's pretty awesome. Actually, it's pretty accurate. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, there there was this this mentality floating around out there, and and they, it just needed a leader, and it just needed a voice, and there you are. Follow so... me. Follow me into the battle. <laughs> I'll, I won't the, lead you astray. The Pied Piper of Bobby Warshaw haters. Um, I sure am. I'll play the flute. <laughs> you, you play the flute? Okay. Well, you know, I have to see that one. But we'll, Did uh, you play the You played the flute, didn't you? I never played the flute, no. I played the what tuba. What did you play? You played the you know, tuba. You, close, wow, you're not even like thing. a... That's like a large man instrument. You're not that large. I'm a good 6'3". Oh, so. well, I guess... All right, you are a tall man. But <laughs> I just imagine like a large, large man, like like oh. a wide man playing ah. the tuba. Got you. Yeah. So I was, I played tuba. I played in the USC marching band and they would give oh, all the band, uh, band members nicknames. And so oh, there boy. was one, one man who was, who was rather large and you know, a marching tuba, it's called a sousaphone. It wraps around you. Um, yep. His nickname was, I was called a marching Sat- band. Yeah. His, his, his nickname was Saturn because he looked Saturn. like a planet with the rings around it. Oh my God, that's fat shaming <laughs> at its fullest. That's t- that's terrible. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. I'm, I just am here to report it. So. Well, that's cool, man. Because I played the cymbals, and I, that's not very cool. Hey, you know what? Someone needs to do it. Cymbals uh, are yeah. an important part of any marching band. So, well, I was a vocal major, so I was forced to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, we're, let's get on that soccer train, huh? Oh yeah. So yeah, we uh, obviously wait. Not not without. I need to know your tuba nickname. <laughs> oh, mine, I'm, mine didn't make sense. I'm they they called me Quick Draw, and I don't know. Why. Oh, that makes they sense. Never, they never. Oh, okay, they never explained it. They don't ever explain it to you really. Um, they just they come up with one and then they tell you. So that's what it was. Quick Draw. That right. could be something dirty, or maybe you're amazing at Pictionary. That's probably that one. It's probably the dirty one. Yeah, I figured. We'll go with that. 
Um, <laughs> anywho, on to the soccer train. Um, any koozers. We, we, any koozer. We are, uh, are, like I said, not recapping a game because there was no game. Well, there was a USA game. We're recording this on uh, Monday. There's only been one USA game. Uh, yeah, we could mention that, but, you know, yeah. whatever. We'll, 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 we'll maybe briefly touch on that at the end. Not a whole lot of good stuff happening there, as expected. But we do have the first leg of the Western Conference Finals with the Portland Timbers coming up on Sunday, November 25th. Um, it's going to be in Portland. And uh, I need not remind our good listeners what happened last time we played the Timbers in the playoffs in Portland. Um, oh, because all, mention it. all of Timbers Twitter has not let us forget it, including my brother, who's a single tweet away from getting blocked by the pod Twitter. Oh. So there, <laughs> there you go. The warning has been Get thrown. him out of here. Um, Uninvited to Christmas. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, man. Um, tell me, what, what kind of emotions are you feeling ahead of this match? Because this is freaking huge. MLS Cup is on the line. Bro, I'm feeling all the emotions. Like, this is big time. And I read a quote today where Peter said, this isn't the same Timber team we faced this season, all right? They have adapted and evolved and grown and become more solid. And, like, their defensive line, that they, they have Liam Ridgewell playing now, and he didn't play against us this year. So it's it's going to be interesting. But then again, you know, Giovanni Savaresi, the coach of the Timbers, was saying the same thing about us. He's like, you know, that he's like, I know Peter, and he'll adapt, and he'll it won't be the team that we face this year. It'll be to- two totally different teams. So that's kind of crazy to think about, isn't it? It is nuts, yeah. So Peter's mentioned this a couple times now, because um, after the last game, I kind of asked him, I was like, hey, I know you're like literally 20 minutes off of beating RSL. You probably haven't given that much thought to the Timbers, but you've played them twice. You got a result each time. The second time you killed him. So does that give you confidence going forward? And he pretty much shot that down. Like, this is different. Like, it's the playoffs. They're a different team. There's a different mentality. And and just like you mentioned on MLSsoccer.com, they had this whole article where, yeah, Peter says, I think they're a better team. It's your objective as a coach to peak at the end. And I think they're doing that. And then he says they have a lot of weapons going forward and they're a tough team to play against. So, you know, and, and he's he's not wrong. Um, playoffs are a different mentality. And and Providence Park is a tough, tough place to play. That's going to be sold out. There's going to be massive amounts of Timbers Army fans. They're all screaming. And it's, it, it's, it's going to be tough. I, I want to ask you this. Do you think the emotion of... of the backstory with the Timbers of knowing what happened with the double post and how they've kind of thrown it in our face and all that. Do you think that's more of a positive for, for sporting or Portland, or do you think it really matters in this match at all? You, you're asking about the double post. Do you think that matters at all? Like the whole, just like that backstory and the emotion, like is that bulletin board material for either team? Like, will that pump up Portland or will that make sporting mad and they have to kind of like avenge that loss in any way? Or do, or do you um, think that really doesn't matter? I think they, I think they know that if uh, something like that happens again, you're going straight to the USL. <laughs> get it? You get it? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because Saad um, Abdul Salam hit the double post, and then yeah, then we now traded him away, Phoenix. and now he's playing for Phoenix. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> got him. Yeah, roasted. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. 
so I, I don't know. I think Portland is going to, they're going to have some stupid TFO about it. I can almost guarantee the Timbers Army. Oh, they are, they're going to bring they? it up. Yeah. And, and they're going to, they're going to try to ride that wave of emotion. Gross. But there are very few, like there are some of the core sporting members who are still on that, uh, this team from, from that game. But like, a vast not well maybe not a vast majority but a large percentage of of this sporting team was not on that roster like there was no johnny russell there was no johan there was no gerso right. there was no felipe there was no Ilya. tim melia didn't play wasn't in around. that game there was no yeah so like most of oh, the dude melia main... did play though didn't he didn't he get hurt oh he did get hurt you're right okay this i was I'm thinking game. i'm thinking um I was just thinking about the penalties because I know we had John Kempen in there for penalties, but yes, I, Tim I, went I, down. Amelia, yeah, and because it, it ended up going all the way through penalty kicks, where John Kempen and Adam Quarase were the two keepers, were both kicking PKs. Uh, yeah, that was weird. It was a, a stupid game, but anyway, there's not a lot of the same sporting players on this roster that that were playing in that game so i almost wonder if it's kind of like johnny russell doesn't care what happened in that game he wasn't around like he's just like i'm here to beat the timbers so uh i, would I don't think know so. i mean i people might mention it and they'll be like oh that's unfortunate let's go kick some ass <laughs> yeah yeah i think they'll I, I think they'll get the idea of like wanting to avenge the game for the fans but I don't think they're going to look at it and have a lot of a, like negative emotion and, and like remember that and have flashbacks because they weren't here. So um, right, and if the Timbers fan do the tifo, I think they probably know that too. That's not going to affect the players. That's more to piss off the SKC fans back home and, and the traveling ones there. You know. Yeah, I do. I do wonder though if it like, you know, I don't. I don't know how an athlete's psychological mentality works or not, but like. Well, if basically, you me, take a lot of headshots, and then you then you either go to prison or kill your family. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. <laughs> that's serious shit. <laughs> if it were me, and I'm Johnny Russell or Felipe or, or Daniel Shallowy or any of these, and I see a TFO go up, kind of making fun of us, I'm kind of like, that's almost like even that much more motivation. I'm like, I don't, I don't just want to get a result. I want to beat you in your own stadium just to like shut you up. Yeah, so, I want to take three road goals back to Kansas City. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly, and and so oh, that'd be sick. That kind of uh, that kind of takes me to another thing Peter said. So he's kind of recapping that you know they scored four times in in the the second leg of the Western Conference semifinal against RSL. You know, granted, one of them was that last second goal where Shallowy touched around Ramondo and and then put it in like Firmino. Um, but what Peter said is he goes, the fans come to watch and see if we can run roughshod over another team. We don't always do it, but that's what we're going to try and do all the time. We're going to try and play our game, and we're going to try and do what we do better than any other team does. Simple as that. So basically he's saying that SKC is going to maintain um, their at- sort of attacking style of play that that works so well against RSL. Now, it probably won't be quite as evident against Portland, but I don't think – it's going to be a game like that first leg of RSL where we only won like 30% of the possession. I think it'll be a bit more even. Um, yeah, they definitely had some time to to really shape some things up. You know what I mean? The, uh, you know, that whole week off, I think they got away from soccer for a bit. Some teams or some players took like trips and everything. But uh, yeah. 
this will be – I think they're focused, man. This is one of the most concrete teams we've seen, and nothing's really going to rattle them. No, and it's and it's deep. It's a deep team. And I think that's what is such a key point yeah. about this Sporting KC roster, which I know we've mentioned throughout the year, but it's especially key when you get to a playoff game like this and you have someone like Diego Rubio who's out on yellow card suspension. Okay, well, that means yeah. you got Kyrie Shelton and Kristen Namath, both of who can step on in, as opposed to in years past where you end up with people like Jake Peterson playing striker when there is no one else. So it's, I think it's just a huge advantage of, of the way that Peter's built this roster. Um, Peter sure. and his, his staff. So I do want to ask you about, you mentioned the defender, uh, Liam Ridgewell, Timbers defender. He was, he was an unused sub in both games against Sporting KC this season. So he hasn't played, he's played Sporting KC plenty of times before because he's 34. Um, he's been around Portland for a while, but he hasn't played this Sporting KC roster, and he he's played every minute of the play of of Portland's playoff games so far. So there's every reason to expect that he'll play come Sunday. But do you think it's an advantage for Sporting KC's attackers that you know you got Johnny Russell and and Daniel and and whether it's Kyrie or Namath or whoever that they're basically going against a center back that hasn't faced them, so he doesn't he can watch film, but he hasn't experienced their bag of tricks yet. Yeah, dude, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, he's a pretty solid defender, um, but that's that's an interesting way to put that. Because, um, yeah, you can watch film and everything, but, dude, you can really go change something up. I mean, try a new move that you don't usually try and really, really fuck with this guy, you know? Yeah, I think it's more of, of an advantage for the attackers than it is for the defender having not played. Because especially someone like Johnny Russell, where, like, you know – you started to see as, as defenders got used to playing against him. Yeah, he, he's going to try to go down that right side, and then he's going to try to split the defenders and cut in. Um, and, like, the second time he was playing teams, like, he didn't have quite as much success as, as he did early on. But, like, if Ridgewell's never faced him, then, you know, he, he might not know exactly how Johnny's going to try to cut back, or he might not quite know how Johnny's going to make that delayed run into the box when, when Roger picks him out in, in the box for a goal like he's done so many times. So Yeah, that's a good point because Johnny's been pretty predictable when he cuts in like that. Like, uh-oh, two defenders are on Mr. Russell over here. I bet he split up. Oh, yep, he splits them. <laughs> I mean, that's just yeah. what he tries to do every time, and they shut it down lately. Yeah, it worked real well in the beginning of the season, but I think, yeah, exactly like you said, they teams have started to pick up on it. But, hey, if, if Ridgewell hasn't seen it himself – then uh, then maybe it'll be a little tougher to defend. Or maybe he'll watch all that film and he's like, hey, Johnny's going to try to split me. And then Johnny will be like, hey, this guy, I haven't played him. I'm just going to do something I've never done before. He hasn't seen and he won't know what to do. So true. I think it might Good be kind of interesting to watch. Oh, uh, very interesting. And I don't think we're going to go up there and sit back and try to get this 1-1 draw like, like what happened in RSL. I mean, we're going to go up there and go for it, man. Yeah, I, I, I think... I definitely don't think it's going to be a 70-30 possession split like it was in RSL. A lot of people mentioned RSL was just a tough matchup for SKC for a a variety of reasons. Positionally, the players they had on the field, the rivalry there. um, It's just a lot of people looked at that as, as kind of a tough matchup. And then if you look at the Timbers, Timbers haven't beaten Sporting KC since August 7th, 2016. 
the last four times we've played in uh, in the regular season, Sporting KC's won twice, and uh, it's it's been a draw twice. So um, we did win on the road in uh, in Portland in, in the beginning of, of 2017, one zero. So we've we've done it before. It's certainly possible. Uh, if you look at this roster from when we went up there earlier in the year in June, we drew zero zero, and you can tell this was a beat up team at the time. I don't know if you remember, but Jalen Lindsay was starting at left back. Juan Cousin was getting his, I believe it was his first start MLS start in the midfield. Daniel Shallowy was playing striker. So this was anything but a full, uh, a full sporting team. And we still got a zero zero result on the road. So, I would think that bodes well for Sporting KC, don't you think? I would think so. Uh, coming in with a totally different team than they've ever seen, really, it's it's gonna be good. And I think I was at that. I was at the home game when we got them three nil at home. Like that was awesome. So yeah. I, I think there can be that. That's good. Good things are to, are to come with this series here, because you and me both said, "Hey, we'd like to have Portland over Seattle. I think we can break Portland down. Seattle's given us a lot of trouble in the past." Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, Felipe was hurt, so Felipe didn't play in that game. So so Portland hasn't seen Ooh. Felipe. Um, Interesting. They haven't seen Daniel Shallowy on the wing because he was playing striker because we were in the midst of all of our strikers being hurt. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think um, they haven't seen Johan. Johan didn't play in that game. And, and Johan, I think, has only gotten better as uh, as the year went on um and sporting had to waste if you will a sub at halftime of that game because matt beasler got hurt and so emiliano amore came on at halftime so there were a lot of things that sort of went against sporting kc in that game which which to me gives you confidence if you're like hey we can grind out a zero zero result with a suboptimal lineup okay we can go up there and we can at least get a result and score a couple goals on the road um so I don't know. I'm I'm I, I don't want to say I'm confident that we're gonna go up there and win, but No, no. You I'm can't, com- you can't be confident. I'm confident I think we can at least score a goal or two. Do you think that's fair? Oh, I definitely think so. Um and it's good it's good time for us too, man. It's it's a six thirty game central time, so that's uh that's prime time evening right there. Yep. This <laughs> at least we don't have to stay up until 11:30 p.m. to watch a whole game like we have a couple of these other games. Um, For real, my, I was I was nervous. I was like, man, we got to play Portland. It's going to be like a nine o'clock kickoff. That's just how it's going to be. But it's 6:30, and this that'll be awesome. Yeah, it's it's going to be really good. Um, the second time we played them, and and you know this is a little bit more. Um, little bit more relevant maybe for the second leg but um we played them at home and we won 3-0 like you said uh Felipe did play in that game uh Portland for whatever reason switched up their formation it was very strange they had a 3-5-2 they had Diego Valeri playing sort of as a forward next to Samuel Armenteros it did not go well for them by any means Sporting Casey outpossessed them 63-37 25 to 7 on shots, 10 to 1 in shots on target, and and we probably could have scored 5, 6, 7 goals in that game. So Yeah, no kidding. 
I think it's, I think any objective person would probably say that on paper and just by pure talent, Sporting KC is the better team. It's just the question of can Sporting KC put it together when they need to to perform on the field. Ah, uh, yeah, dude. It's it's number one seed versus number five seed. I mean, this the, everything's in our favor. We just got to deliver and show that it's not just a bunch of bunch of hoopla. Yeah, yeah. So. The one thing Peter will have to sort of deal with is, like we mentioned, uh, Diego Rubio. He's suspended because he's earned two yellow cards. And if you earn two yellow cards, even if they're in separate games in the playoffs, you get a uh, a one-game suspension. So he's suspended for the first leg. Yep. And that's tough. We've had a so we'll see Kyrie, right? Well, yeah. So that's what I was going to ask. We have a couple people who have said um, or asked on Twitter. Um, you know, do you think Kyrie will start? Which I think we both think Kyrie gets the start. But then they want to know. I think so. Like David O'Neill asked, Sean Curry asked, um, do we think Namath sees any playing time? Like Sean Curry said, does Namath play at least 30 minutes? And is there a chance he starts Namath? I don't think there's a chance he starts Namath, but we might see, depending on how the game goes, 20 to 30 minutes of Nemo if. Uh, if need be, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, depending on how the game goes, maybe. But I, I'm not holding my breath on that. I, I don't think we'll see him. He hasn't really played much of a role in uh, in game this year. I know there was a lot of fanfare when he came back and Peter said striker's his natural position. He can do a lot of good things there. And that still very, may, wow, may very well be true. But it was sort of after he came back that Diego Rubio took off. And then Kyrie came back from injury, and Kyrie's played really well. So I don't I don't think there's a reason to change things up if, if you don't have to. I stick stick no, Kyrie. Yeah. Not at all. Kyrie's a workhorse. Kyrie's gone full 90 plenty of times. I, if he's in there and he's creating space, no reason to, to take him out. So Yeah, stick to what works. Stick to what works. Um. The other question I wanted to touch on from uh, listener AJ Jimenez, um, which this might be the first time AJ's asked a question. I don't remember his name, so thank you for the question, AJ. Um, he says, how do you limit Valeri or limit his touches? It seems like he's the catalyst for most of their offense the last few weeks. And, uh, I mean, Valeri is one of Portland's best players, not just on the roster, but in the history of their organization. He's all over the field. He's sort of a, a, a really good attacking-minded midfielder who can also play sort of box to box. What what do you think? How, do you? I mean, do you think if you look at Sporting KC's midfield, Felipe, Roger, and Ilié, that's a pretty solid midfield. Do you think they can uh, sort of keep Valeri under control? I mean, they have. They've done it before. Hell, even when Valeri earned a PK earlier this year, didn't uh, didn't Tim stonewall him? I think you know what I think you're right. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm trying to. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think you're. I think you're correct. I, yeah. Yeah. I think Valeri went right down the middle, and Tim just didn't move. That's what I was trying like, to think. Totally. Too. Yeah. Totally saw it. <laughs> um. But it, I, dude, he's totally under control. We got his number. All right. He's. He's. Uh. By the way, he's not that old. By the way, but boy, does he look old. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does look old. I want to say he's like 35, but he's not. He's, what, like 31, maybe? 
Um, right. I'm looking up his age right now as I type. Um, he's 32, but he looks like he's like, yeah, like 35, 36 years old. It's the beard. <laughs> right. So I think when you have a midfielder, like that's where this is where Roger Espinosa comes into play so much for me. Cause when you have a, a physical bruiser like Roger, who's going to be just chipping away at, at, at Valeri all game. That that wears a player like Valeri down, and then you have Ilya back there to clean up anything that that gets past Roger, and even Felipe. Felipe's a very creative offensive mind, and and I think Valeri's going to have to drop back a little bit and help out Diego Chara to sort of keep Felipe under control, especially when you have wings as dynamic as Johnny Russell and Daniel Shalloway or Gerso. There, there's so much going on. It's kind of you know. We're recording this on Monday, so the Chiefs are on my mind because in uh, <laughs> 25 minutes, they're about to take on the Rams in the biggest game of the year. But Sporting KC in some ways reminds me of the Chiefs offense in that there's so many different attacking options and they can come at you from so many different ways that if you shut down one, another one opens up. Like you shut down Kareem Hunt, okay, well, you got Tyree Kill running deep and Mahomes is going to hit him. You shut down Johnny, you got Daniel. Or you shut down Daniel, okay, now you got Kyrie. There's just too many different things. So uh, I don't know. I think Valeri is going to have a, a, a tough time against this team. So I think we'll so see. too. I think so too. It's very exciting. Uh, it feels like we've been waiting so long since our last victory. And we still got to wait a few days here. So. Uh, let's get that. Let's get that W, dude. I mean, uh, let's bring some some goals back to KC and get it done. So, is that what you consider a success for this game? Then get get a couple of away goals and, and come back. Um, obviously, I mean, obviously, you don't want to give up too many goals either. But you know, let's say a two two draw is a probably a, a really good result, right? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, sure. Because then you have two away goals, and and you if you win at home, you go through. Uh, it'd be better if it was a win, but I think if you score True. multiple goals and you come back with any sort of result, that's probably a, a, a good thing for Sporting KC. I would say. So I agree. I hope I hope they get the job done. Um, on the other side of the country, there will be Atlanta hosting the New York Red Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, these were the two best teams in the league by points. Um, Sporting KC, if we advance, we'll be traveling to one of those teams to play in MLS Cup. Um, do you think one team has an advantage over the other? Or, 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 or what do you think that series will sort of turn out to be? Man, I think it's going to be crazy. Um Red Bulls have had Atlanta's number Atlanta's number for a bit. And uh but Atlanta's so scary at times. It's I don't know, it's going to be awesome. I I can't wait to to even watch it. Yeah, so both of these teams have crazy high-powered offenses and uh and both of them have, you know, very serviceable defenses um the red bulls in particular they have the best defense in mls they only allowed 33 goals on the year um they scored 62 goals in the regular season for an mls best 29 plus 29 goal differential atlanta scored 70 goals so they had the best offense and they had a a pretty decent defense 44 goals so they had a second best plus 26 goal differential 
Um, nice. It really feels like Atlanta probably has to win this home leg to me if they have any hope of advancing because they sort of laid an egg last time they played in New York against or New Jersey against the Red Bulls and the Red Bulls didn't even have a full strength lineup. So I don't know. Do you think that the Atlanta has to win at home if they have any chance of moving on to MLS cup? Um, I think they need to, man. I don't, I, I think Red Bulls take this series. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do down in Atlanta first here, but, uh, just going all out. I think, I think Red Bulls take it. I think it'll be close, but for some reason, I think they get it done and Atlanta, you know, crashes out again, not crashes out. I mean, they, they did really well, but you know, uh, I'll be real sad to see them not win anything. <laughs> yeah. I, Sarcasm much. <laughs> I, think I agree with you. I've been trying to think about who will win this team. And I think the Red Bulls are just a more well-rounded, balanced team. And I think that's why they won the Supporter Shield. Yes, it was close, but Atlanta is so, so, so reliant on just Joseph Martinez that if the Red Bulls can figure out a way to really keep him under control... Yes, Atlanta has some other playmakers like Miguel Almiron, but like really their whole game plan all year has been just use those playmakers to get the ball to Joseph. And they haven't, I mean, facing a defense like the Red Bulls two games in a row is 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 a pretty tall challenge. So I don't know. I think I'm I think I agree with you. I think I'm leaning Red Bulls right now. So Yeah, man. They also got one of the best keepers in the league in Luis Robles. So yeah, I don't that's know. weird. He kind of came out of nowhere this year. Everyone's really talking about Luis Robles, and I'm like, he wasn't always in that conversation like the past few years. He's been pretty solid. It's just, yeah, this this year, um, he and Stefan Fry and Tim Melia, I think, were the three best goalkeepers, and it's not even close. Uh, Zach Steffen, I know he won goalkeeper of the year, but if you look at the stats, Zach Steffen wasn't actually having that great of a year. Um. I think he was just riding a lot of hype from last year in the playoffs when they beat Atlanta and then the U.S. men's national team and whatnot. So, uh, Yeah, probably so. But, yeah, I don't know. This will be a fun one. Um, that game is at uh, 4 p.m. Central Time on ESPN, so it'll lead right into uh, the the Sporting KC game. Uh, so clear, uh, clear your Sunday afternoons, people. There's some MLS soccer to watch. Done. Uh, no Chiefs game. No Chiefs game. So there you go. There you go. You got no excuse. Um, I do. So moving away from MLS Cup playoffs for a bit, there are a couple other things going on. Uh, Sam McDowell of, of the KC Star, he published an article a few days ago and it's fascinating to me because it's about Ilya Sanchez and it talks about how he's quote the linchpin of sporting KC, which I think we've talked about. And a lot of other people have talked about as how important Ilya is to the success of this team, even if he's not the one scoring goals, although this year he is scoring goals from the penalty spot, but this is what's interesting. And I want to get your take. Cause I don't know if you've read this article, but 
Peter in this article says, quote, I swear we almost never got him. You don't understand how close we were to going with somebody else. And then he goes on to tell this story about how the winter before the 2017 season, Sporting KC was basically trying to find a replacement for Yuri Rosell, who they had, you know, they had tried a couple of different people. Nobody really could link the back line to the attack the way they wanted to. So they found a list of players that they identified. And he, uh, for me, said that he and, and his director of playing player personnel, Brian Bliss, trimmed the list down to four people, then three, and then two. And, you know, Peter says I'd been slow playing it a little bit because I just wasn't feeling it with the two guys we had to pull from. They were good. I just didn't think they were the guy. And he said it, he was slow playing it so much to the point where the staff was worried that he was going to miss out on both options. And then he convinced Brian Bliss to let him wait just one more day. And then when he went in to, to meet Brian Bliss and was going to let him know what his decision was, that's when Brian Bliss said, you won't believe who just came across my desk and he's available. And when Peter asked who, he said, Ilya Sanchez. And Peter said, I jumped out of the chair and I said, that's the guy. Get him. Let's go. So literally, long story short, had Peter not like been sort of slow playing it and putting off his staff who had been saying, hey, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we never would have gotten Ilya. And who knows how different the last couple years would have been. Dude, So that's a bananas story right there. That's, wow, that's crazy. That kind of makes you hold your breath a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's insane because literally it says, you know, the story, the staff were worried about Vermees dragging his feet to the point of losing out on both options. One more day, he told him. It's like you couldn't write this story any better to like build the drama if you were trying to come up with it. And, yeah, no and kidding. Then like li- literally, like the last second, he's about to tell him, okay, sign whoever. He never says who the other players are, but he was about to say, okay, I guess we'll go with this guy. That's when they're like, nope, we found Ilya. And then the rest is history. So... Well, there you it's, go. It's pretty crazy. And and the sort of the stars aligned because um, I guess Peter tried to get Ilya a couple years before when they saw him with the Barcelona B team, but Ilya was still trying to make it with Barcelona. That didn't work, so we went to the German club, 1860 Munich. Because of some things that happened with that club, that didn't work out, and his contract basically became void. Um, and then... Yeah, he said that he was talking with Ilya over WhatsApp, like the texting app. And uh, and yeah, he uh, didn't even really have to convince him because Ilya, Ilya said, I'll, I was just looking for something where all I had to worry about was what I was going to do on the field. Here, I'm feeling like myself. I don't need to be any other kind of player. I can be myself. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a cool story. Dude, um, I think it's very cool. Because, I mean... I th- we've talked about before, don't you think Ilya is probably the most, you know, unsung important piece of this team because he's just really out there linking the back line of the attack, but he's he's generally not the one getting the big time stats. But he's super important, right? I think yeah, I think we all can agree there. And he got he got to be uh, an MLS All-Star this year, which is cool. Um uh, he didn't make the best 11. No defensive midfielders made the best 11. It's just, it's really hard to get appreciated as a defensive midfielder, but uh, I don't know. I just, I was reading that story and it kind of made me appreciate how, uh, 
how special it is to have a player like Ilya who's willing to stay at a club like Sporting KC. He just signed a contract extension. And uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to just be that much more grateful every time I see Ilya play. So Man, that was that was good story time right there. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I had not I had not read that article. Um and I read a lot I read a lot of stuff, so I'm not sure how I missed that one, but very cool. Very cool insight into it's always nice to peek behind the curtain into like the operations standpoint of sports. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of us a lot of us don't care about that though. A lot of us just want to see the team perform. But when you really see the behind the scenes stuff, um, it's really kind of cool and you remember like, oh, this is everyone's job. This is everyone's profession you know this is this is their their per- personal banker this is their accountant job you know it's it's what they do well and it shows you just like how the tiniest little things can, can affect something and how sometimes you know you can look at all the stats in the world and i'm sure statistically the other two players they were looking at were, were probably pretty good but peter says it's just a feeling i had that neither neither of those guys were the guy and he listened to that feeling and then Ilya became available so a lot of little things have to go right. And it also awesome. shows you like when you think about the fact that Sporting KC has been in the playoffs for eight straight years now, when you think about all the little things that have to go right, even for that to happen. And then the fact that Peter Ramiz has been able to do that for eight straight years. That's crazy. Like, I don't, I don't, I know there's been a lot of frustration with not getting out of the knockout round until this year, but even just having that level of consistency in a league like MLS is almost unheard of. So, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it's just as a testament to the club and their front office and, and how well Peter Vermees and his, his staff run this team. So, oh, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. Speaking of coaches, um, you know, Peter Ramiz oh has been a, a, around quite a, a long time, but one coach who is no longer around his team is FC Dallas former coach Oscar Perea, um, who the club said that they agreed to mutually part ways, and the club tried to make it sound like they were deciding that this was time for Oscar to move on for for the benefit of both parties. But really, I think you know he got offered. I don't think this has become official yet but but rumors are and reports are that he'll become head coach of of club tijuana in uh, liga mx um so yeah fc dallas now they'll be looking for a new coach um i i I don't know who they'll hire or whatnot but you know they've they've been a pretty solid regular season team for a while and and it kind of makes you wonder if this is going to sort of set them back a bit as they have an entirely new uh system in place with whoever their new coach will be so I don't yeah, know, dude. Uh, uh, I was very surprised to hear about that. I think it's one of, uh, one of those things where, you know, I, I love MLS and, and I'm as big of an MLS apologist as anybody, but you know, when you get an opportunity to coach in, in a league like Liga MX East, that's, that's a, a, a little bit better and it's got a little bit higher profile and you get a, a big club like Club Tijuana who wants you as their coach. I mean, good for Perea. He's he's raising his profile as a coach. You know, one day he uh, he might want to go coach on a, a national team level. Um, this is this is how you do it. So good for Makes him, sense. I guess. And yeah, now... Uh, Dallas joins the uh, 
the club of teams who who need a coach. Hopefully, they don't wait a full year before they hire a coach like the U.S. men's national team. Um, but I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see. But that's something to keep an eye on there. Um, it's tough. It's tough to. Uh, it stinks that this international break happened right in between the playoffs because I don't know if you feel it, but I kind of feel a little. Uh, not really low in energy, but kind of low in things to talk about when we're trying to, I don't know. We're really deciphering things a lot tonight. Does it feel like that? Like it feels like it's not coming naturally and we really had to pick and choose and find what, to, what to talk about this week. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's tough when, when there's no games to play. So a little yeah. peek behind the curtain. Yeah. We're, we were, we we're trying to find good content and, and you, you got to sort of um, try to read some of the tea leaves. Bit. Yeah. And, and, you know, Pereja going to uh, to Liga MX is a, uh, a a big story, but there's really no sort of indication as to who will replace him. So neither of us are, are connected in FC Dallas circles to know who will be the next coach. So I don't know, but it's something right. to keep an eye on. Um, sp- speaking of, of scraping the bottom of the barrel for content, I don't want to talk about this any more than necessary, but I do feel like we at least have to mention that the U.S. got destroyed by England. And it really wasn't wasn't close. It could have been even worse than it was. We lost three um, zero in Wayne Rooney's last game with the Three Lions. But uh, they did you watch so any of this game at him. all? I did. I watched the whole thing. They were they were trying to get him a goal so bad. Yeah, they were, and, and you know he had he had a couple opportunities here and there. But look, I know we don't we don't have a coach. Apparently, you know. People thought once the crew season ended, they'd hire Greg Berhalter, but there's whispers out there as to whether he's looking at other opportunities as well or not, which if he turns down the U.S. for something else after they've put all of their eggs in that basket, I mean, that that's a fireable offense for Ernie Stewart in my mind, even though he's only been on the job for like three months. But this, I think, just showed really how far the U.S. still has to go because, yeah, you got Christian Pulisic and timothy Weah and and weston mckinney and josh Sargent and whatnot but like england's another level and i know they've made it pretty far in the world cup this year and this is their golden generation or whatnot but like the u.s has to look better against a club like england than we did if we have any hope of 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 doing anything in the next world cup cycle and we just look so far away don't you think it's bad yeah christian pulisic had a chance in the first half but it uh other than that, man, it was it was just rough. It, it sucks. We have to go to Europe to lose. I mean, couldn't couldn't we just lose in our in our own country? <laughs> right now, to you know, we're recording on Monday, Tuesday night. We'll play uh, Italy. Oh you know, Italy, god, another World Cup misser outer. We're yeah, just a bunch they, of losers. <laughs> they didn't make the World Cup either, but and um, they'll probably spank us, dude. Oh, I'm sure they will. And you know, look, we were sad. MLS fans were sad. U.S. soccer fans were sad that we didn't make the World Cup. But like soccer in the U.S. still has a long ways to go before it catches up with with European countries. Italy, when they didn't make the World Cup, it was like a national crisis. Like yeah, same with Chile, dude. Yeah, they they those countries take this personally. So you know, I I think a, a team like Italy. You know, they, they will look to bounce back and bounce back in a big way. You'd never see a country like Italy go a whole year without a coach. So, I don't know. 
I don't have very much hope for that game either. Even though by the yeah. time y'all listening to this, it's already happened. <laughs> right. By the time you listen to this, it's already, it was already a three, no loss again. So there you go. <laughs> um, but lastly, before we close out MLS playoffs in international break, they've always been linked because of the dates. It's always been weird where you've had this two week break before the Western conference and Eastern conference finals. And then MLS Cup in December, and it's going to be freezing cold. But there is a report that came out Monday on The Athletic. And I don't know how many of you have Athletic subscriptions, but I'll tell you what it says here. Do you have one? I do have one, yes. So I've oh read through this goodness. entire... Well, I got a deal on it. I had like one of their like 50% off like deals, so I got it for like 30 bucks for the year. So okay, n- not too bad. But... Basically, what this says is that MLS is reportedly going to change the way the regular season and the playoffs work for next year, 2019. And it says the tentative plan would be to have MLS Cup Final played in November before the international break. So MLS Cup would be sometime between like November 8th and November 15th. Now that gets you thinking, well, how does that work? Well, that's where it gets a little play a lot of midweek games so they're going to play a lot of midweek games in the regular season because they want decision day to be held next year on october 6th so it'll be the first weekend in october so it basically cuts a whole month off the regular season and then instead of having this two-legged playoff semifinals conference finals type thing mls would switch all of playoffs to a single elimination knockout style tournament where the higher seed would host one game and it would just be one game and you're out. So it's pretty big changes now. And this is the other part that that gets a little weird. There are also rumors that the league is, is planning to expand the playoff field from six teams per conference to seven. So I guess if that is the case, that must mean that whoever is first in each conference gets a bye in the first round and then two, three, four, five, six, seven all play. But those are some pretty crazy changes if all for one year, don't you think? Yeah, that's pretty nuts. I, I do like that we're always evolving, that this league is constantly making changes because we're learning, you know, and that's that's how we should be as as people as well. But I f- that's a little bit of philosophy for you. I don't know why the fuck I said that, <laughs> but I like the I like the two leg playoff format. I know a lot of people don't, but isn't that how Champions League is done? I mean, that's I don't know if you want to be the best, do what the best leagues in the world do. I don't I don't know. I don't mind going to a single elimination style tournament because I think it puts that much more of an emphasis on the regular season because it's that much more important to win. Yeah, that's home fine. field advantage. But every other sport, dude, like, okay, I know football does a one-off, all right? And that's that's understandable, I guess, because you can, you know, but basketball and, and baseball are more like it's anybody's game. So you kind of got to do that, you know, best of seven series that they do or whatever and to see who can take it, to see who can really put together a string of games to win the series. And I think that, I don't know, the two-leg thing makes sense to me. So my counter, I guess, would be, 
it would eliminate the chance for something to happen like almost happened to Sporting KC last game where an away goal toward the end of the game, even though Sporting KC had been the better team you know, across you know, yeah. the, the two games, could knock them out because of basically Sporting KC sat back in the first game and then RSL sort of was, was feeling more confident to press. It kind of gets rid of that dynamic where you know, the, the higher seed just kind of sits there and it's like, hey, let's just get through this game and then we'll get back home. It just goes goes right to there. And then you'll have every game being crazy like that RSL Sporting KC game or the second yeah. leg of Portland-Seattle where it was going into extra time and penalties. So it'll make for better yeah. television viewing probably. No, I gotcha. You're right because those knockout games get pretty crazy. Yeah, that's where we see all sorts of crazy stuff happening. So I like yeah. that change. I don't like adding more teams to the playoffs. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't. Yeah, think that's kind of silly. That. It's uh, apparently in anticipation that when the league is eventually at 28 teams, they want 14 of the 28 teams in the playoffs, which seems kind of stupid to have half of your teams in the playoffs. Yeah, that's but, bananas. I don't like that. But if they do change that for next year, then 14 of the 24 teams will make the playoffs. And then at that point, it's like, well, why not just have every team in the playoffs if you're going to have that many? Yeah, put everyone in. That'll be great. Yeah. Give everyone, yeah, I don't know. Participation trophy. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible, Uh, dude. But anyway, I don't know. I just, I thought it was interesting. Um, We're like, we're like the Oprah of leagues, man. We're like giving everybody a team. Everyone's just allowed in. I, I, I'm sorry to sound a little Trumpy and, and say you can't come into my league. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I, I don't know. It feels kind of weird sometimes that we're just adding a bunch of damn teams. And I know Premier League has a bunch of teams too, but now you want to let a bunch into the playoffs? I don't like that. You want to put emphasis on the yeah. regular season, then make it make it exciting uh, keep the emphasis on it i mean what the hell yeah adding adding more teams to the playoffs diminishes the regular season a bit but yeah. going to the single elimination you know puts a little bit more importance on the regular season so i don't know two steps forward one step back i guess that's how mls always is i guess um, for every that good thing a, they do a bad thing that's a nickelback song <laughs> <laughs> um so i don't know yeah, there are a lot of teams coming in over the next few years, and you know we've gone through the whole expansion process. But it, sometimes it seems like there's no real rhyme or reason for why any one team is coming in, you know. Or hey, you have an owner who holds a league hostage, and then all of a sudden they have their own new expansion team that wasn't at all part of the conversation. So it's unreal, you know. This league is weird, nuts, but <laughs> it is. It's it's never short of on uh, on drama. So that's for sure. Sheesh. But. Anyway, man, that's uh, that's what I got for our, our off-week podcast. I know um, – oh, the one thing – no, there is one other thing, and I don't know if this happened before our last podcast. It might have happened in between then, but I, if it did, I don't think we mentioned it on the last one. But this is kind of big news relevant to Sporting KC. FC Cincinnati is coming into the league next year as a new team, and there is going to be an expansion draft, which sucks because I think it's stupid. We shouldn't have expansion drafts anymore. Yep, yep. But – MLS announced that Sporting KC will not be eligible to have a player selected in the draft because they're treating last year when LAFC came into the league and this year when FC Cincinnati came into the league as sort of one continuous expansion cycle. So any team who had a player picked by LAFC 
is not eligible to have a player did picked we, by FC Cincinnati. Did we talk about this last week or or no? It came out after. I don't remember if we did or not, but I don't remember either. I, if this is a a broken record for you guys, then suck it up and listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> but um I for some reason I don't think we did, but if we didn't, I and if we did, I'm sorry, but if we didn't, I just wanted to get that out there cuz that's huge. No, that's sick, man. So. That's big time. You will not get another Latif from us. Don't you dare take no. Gerso. He just got married. <laughs> but uh, LAFC, even though it's all considered one big expansion cycle, they do have to have someone or people protected, and they can have someone picked. So, like I said, MLS doesn't make sense, but <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's how the league works. So, anyway, man, well, that's what uh, I think we got it. Wrap it up, man. Another I got to tell you, uh, thanks to PJ. I'm going to call him Peach for short uh, for that review. And guys, help us get to 100. We're, we're very close. So get us get us 100 reviews on there. Yep, we'll give a, uh, a special shout out to, uh, well, I guess I was going to say a special shout out to whoever gives us the 100th review or rating. Oh, but we can't yeah, see yeah. who gives our ratings, can we? Just the reviews? Uh, so. Can't see the ratings, no. If you're clicking stars... I, I can just see that it increased, but we can we can read reviews and stuff and see who did that. So yeah, if you're the hundredth review, we'll give you a shout out. So thank you guys uh, so much for listening, um, especially all your questions. That it really helps us in in uh, sort of these off weeks. Um, yeah, absolutely. You can always I love uh, that. shoot us a question on Twitter at no other pod at jcmax03 at dan Couser. Um, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash no other pod. Um, shoot us an email, no other pod at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, make sure you, uh, give us one of those ratings and reviews, but, uh, until next week when hopefully we're coming back and talk about a Ooh, win on the go. road against Portland. Let's go. I'm Jimmy and he's Dan and we'll catch y'all later. See ya. Go chiefs. Go chiefs.